You are now entering an uncomfortable conversation with your host, Nicole Jennings. Welcome back to another episode of Uncomfortable But Necessary Conversations with your host, me, Nicole Jennings. Today, we will be talking about facts, just basic, generalized facts about the Black experience here in America. We're going to start by just another basic understanding and definition of facts. And my purpose in this episode is to tell a numerical story about the oppression faced by Black people here in America. If it is something that you've never thought about, I'd like for you to think of this concept and the fact that you haven't had to ever think about that concept of the possibility of someone around you being oppressed or marginalized, meaning being held down to a a hierarchy of standards, it is because you've had that privilege in doing so. Or maybe you noted it and chalked it up to them being lazy or for chalked it up to all people that look like them have that problem, have that plight, all of which are stereotypes as well as um, racist thoughts. But it is something that is real. And so for me, it's important for people to understand that just because something is a truth for you in your experience doesn't make it a fact. And I say that because a fact is something that is indisputable. It's based on either a research or quantifiable measures. And it's something that is far beyond a theory or an idea. Those are those things that kind of can be man-made. Facts are things that are proven to continually, no matter what the situation, no matter what the scenario of it is. For instance, when the clouds get filled with enough moisture in the air, it rains. Black Americans have been experiencing far worse economic conditions than whites or the population as a whole. Historically, the unemployment rate for Black Americans has been approximately twice the rate for whites. That is the case today anyway. 6% of the Black workers and white workers, 3.1% have unemployment rate for the population as a whole. Uh, The difference in the unemployment rates for Blacks and whites shrink with college degrees. However, even With such a strong economy in that sense, the unemployment rate is 50% higher for Black Americans than it is for white Americans. Again, understanding that there is a difference between facts and truth, these are the facts. The other thing that was just astonishing to me is the fact that the median wealth of Black families is only $17,000, which is one-tenth that of a white family. And when I was looking through this research, 
it was coming from a document that is the economic state of black America in 2020. So this is the most up-to-date information that I was able to find. And it was from the African-American policy reform. So it's a real situation, a real entity, not some made up fabricated situation. I have to say I was unaware that that was the fact. The fact of the matter is that for a the median wealth of a black family, and so it's not a black person, we're talking about a family, meaning like a mother, a father, household, and that's also another entity that's rare. So that's a whole nother discussion for a different podcast, but the one tenth and then to understand why black Americans are over twice as likely to live in poverty as white Americans and to understand that just 50 cents for every one dollar, the typical black household earns a fraction of what the white household makes. 59 cents for every one dollar. So the gap between a black and a white annual household income is about $29,000 a year. It's astonishing. And when we put ourselves in the scenario to create such a gap disparity in our resources, in our finances, and we don't even think to evaluate the situation, to think that that's supposed to be the case, to think that that's supposed to be the norm, and to live life as if we wonder why people rob and people steal. And most times, you know what, that was almost a generalization. With that wealth gap between black and white households, it increases with education, much less than half. So 42% of black families own their home compared to 73% of white families own their home. Again, when you get such a disparity and it doesn't ring a bell, like it doesn't, you don't understand why, or you don't want to know why, or is a situation in which you think it's because, oh, they can't get a job. No, it's not that at all, actually. It's that when people of color, Black people specifically, get a job, they earn one-tenth of what it is that the white family does. And therefore, if you earn one-tenth, that means that your house purchasing abilities become that of similarly corresponding uh, relevance, about one-tenth. And because of that, we are perpetuating the things that we have claimed to have said to stopped, like segregation. So realistically speaking, when we think about the places in which you can have a place to stay on these amounts of income. You have to think that the, when the people begin to congregate together and they don't have a lot of resources, they don't have a lot of money, that area, that concentrated group of people start to have less abilities to pour into their community. Thus, the school systems don't get what they need. The teachers don't want to go to the school system that might need the most need. Then you start to get persistent segregation and larger disparities within a segre like a congregated group of people, thus perpetuating segregation. Let's talk about this. African-Americans make up just about, I want to say when I was doing the research and I read, it was 30% of the overall population 
I believe, of the world, yet we make up over 60% of the jail population. And then when I got to this document from the African American Policy Forum, it made much more sense to me. The incarceration rate for the Black American is nearly six times that the rate of a white American. Non-Hispanic Black Americans have a life expectancy of 3.6 years lower than a non-Hispanic white American. So with that, again, comes a lot of, you know, why is that? Why is it that Black Americans end up six times more likely to be incarcerated than the white American? Why is it that 2.4% of all of the black people that work, work at a federal minimum wage of seven and a half dollars as compared to 1% of their white workers. And so again, just question these things. This is not the norm. And, And one of the things that's so big is that understanding, put yourself in another person's shoes. I really think that people believe that because it means having to help someone or having to think about someone outside of themselves, that it's going to hurt the overall economic shift in grade in life when you have to potentially do something a little different than what your parents did or your great-grandparents did or your grandparents did. Like, it's okay to be different. It's okay to question the narrative of reality. And honestly, what I believe we don't do enough of is that reflective moment of, wait, why is this that way? Wait, if there's uh, America's the land of the free and the brave and the great, then why is that that everyone here in America, they don't experience all of that the same way I might? Or, hmm, I wonder if the fact that so many people of color have such a big disparity in wealth and they can't afford their own homes, but they still have kids, but the kids still have to go to school. I wonder why they're not getting the same schooling that I'm getting at a public school. I wonder why the teachers at my private school don't None of them look like a student of color that goes to this school. I wonder why the only people that might be are the people that teach foreign language or custodial work or lunch helpers. I wonder, does that mean that the school isn't a can't that they just out of all the teachers in the world there, they just don't have the ability to find other people that look like the students of color that go to the school? Or do students of color go to this private school? Is it diverse? Just take a pause in that moment. And the fact that we have to even take a pause and have that be one of the questions, I would rather take a pause and reflect like, hmm, I wonder what I can donate this year. Is it going to be time, energy, resources of whatever sort to help the next person so that the disparities can be a little bit different. But even at that level, if you're ready to go to that level, 
great. But what needs to really be happening is the questioning of the structures, the questioning of the systems that are continually allowing these things to be in place. Poverty is considered normal for a person of color, quote unquote, when you think of the statistics, unfortunately, but it's not a normal thing to have, I don't believe, in a country that is one of the richest on the globe. But to understand that Black households have never held more than 5% of the nation's total wealth ever, while in fact, white households hold 85% where the world is under the nation. I'll say, I'll speak for the nation because I don't know about the world. I haven't really gone into that data. And really at this point is not my concern. It's where I live today. But when we think about that great disparity and we continue life as if it's okay, no matter what color you are, that is a legitimate privilege. If you can live life every day and not wonder what it is that you can do to move the needle, to close the gap for those people of color, specifically black people who have such a great wealth disparity, health disparity, educational disparity, and we all have gifts and talents. And realistically speaking, it just depends on how you want to utilize them, how you're going to put those gifts and talents to work, how you're going to use what it is that you've been innately blessed with to help the next person and understand that the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. And that's the thing that no matter how big or no matter how small it is of an act that you are able to do, understand and know that it is something that is necessary and everyone did their part, then it would be something that we would be able to continually chip away at. But when you have so many people in the gray area of, oh man, that's too bad that that's happening. And, oh, I'm not a racist though. And yeah, I don't see color. I think of people as people, humans as humans, but yet black and white paper, the data sees color and the data is able to decipher that black Americans live this way, Latinx people live this way, white people live this way. And you say you see people as people. That means that you're saying that what you don't see or and don't recognize are the great amount of disparities that are going on in our nation. And those are the things that create a cycle of poverty, of crime, of incarceration and the things that we're always talking about black people being a part of realistically speaking whenever you think about it in the first place when you think about quote-unquote black people you've just grouped everybody into one generalized group of people and the only thing that realistically should be generalized for them are maybe the traits, maybe their skin color, but you can't generalize one person's actions and say that all black people must live the same way. And realistically, that is what has happened and that is what is continuing to happen. And that is how we are continuing to create biases in our minds. Then our minds begin to see the things that we wanted to see. And then we start agreeing with things and people who make those thoughts and those things become our reality. And then we feed it to our children. And then we, we send our children off to school with shaped biases when it comes to people of color. And then we get the perpetuation of racism. And then, you know, you got the system in place that continues to 
foster that like that way of thinking without anyone questioning the system and then you get the perpetuation of systemic racism making the little child that you created this negative bias towards a people of color or black people you're having a system that's telling them it's okay you're right and you know what we're gonna just we'll just tolerate whatever scenario is going on right now don't worry it'll go away they'll go away just you know don't say anything like or we'll talk over here in the corner by ourselves without anyone hearing us so that we don't alert everyone that this is our thought because we don't really know who thinks that way with us so until we know that who can give us the little pat on the shoulder that lets us know that we're not wrong and we can go seek out those ways of thinking we'll just keep our stereotypical thoughts to ourselves and then it perpetuates from there and then the little kids grow up and become big kids and the big kids then go off to college and they go off to college and then into the workforce and then that is when they get married have their own kids and that good people is the cycle of systemic racism life and what i really challenge everyone to do when it comes to uncomfortable conversations conversation starters i dare you anybody out there i would specifically say parents but anybody any system anywhere if you work if you go into a meeting, a potential meeting where you might have a partnership or your kid's school or the school you go to, question things. Question if you sit down at a table and there is no one of color there. Question whoever you need to question. Why isn't there a person of color on this team? You know, if we are going to school and you're taking a tour potentially and you're like hmm i think i might like this school oh this school is so great and you walk around and you enter into the school and within the first five to ten minutes you don't see a person of color outside of the people that might be in the kitchen or cleaning or the custodial garbage trash or the lawn service care if you walk in and you don't see a person of color within the first five minutes question how many that they have there is there a specific reason for that? What is their barrier in making it different, more diverse? Um, classify when you mean person of color. Is there a specific group of people or are you seeing an under representation of other people? Um, it's a thing, even if it's just for clarity, maybe you just want to know why. I mean, for me, I'm hoping you want to know why so that you can challenge the system because without breaking down these types of things at systematic levels it doesn't matter what is going on on top of the systems because it's the systems that allow these things to continue on so conversation starters just ask a couple questions keep it simple we don't have to make it more than what it needs to be it doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing you guys and honestly i really feel like there's got to be another way for people who want to help who don't know where to start how do i become how if i want to be an ally how do i do that ask questions and know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable when you're asking the question because i honestly am uncomfortable sitting here talking about the fact that you need to ask questions because i feel like that should be just a regular situational thing of life but realistically speaking the more that I live and the more that I learn, the more that I experience, what I recognize 
is that there isn't anyone out there asking these questions. And so for me, I need to be that one. And then I need to feel like I can empower you at your core to know that questions are good. First of all, for your clarity and for the other person, even if in that question, you don't get the answer you want. The fact that you questioned it alerts that person into knowing, oh shoot, they found me out. Let me make a couple changes around here so that even if it doesn't get better initially, instantaneously, at least the wheels are turning, at least the things that are going to be needing to be put in place can get started. But until then, it's the same stuff. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Now that is a fact. You can't do it. If every day I wake up and I sit straight up and I'm expecting or I'm hoping that every time I get there, we'll sit straight up. I'm already like showered and dressed and ready to go, but I haven't done anything different than just sit up. Like that, I would be classified as insane for thinking that. Same goals for us. We can't continue to do these same things and expect something different. We gotta do something different if we want something different. So thank you for joining me on, that felt very deep, like cleansing for me to get that out. So that this cleansing yet uncomfortable, but necessary conversation, you guys feel empowered and inspired to go out and make change the way that you do, positively and purposefully. Until next time, bye-bye.